Hey there, and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, your place for weekly sermons, church updates, and more. You're currently tuning into our weekly sermon cast, so grab a pen and notebook or get your notes app ready, and let's dive right into it. Uh, In two weeks, we start a new series, so turn to the person next to you and say, in two weeks. In two weeks, so so get it. Two weeks. Next weekend's Labor Day weekend. It's the weekend after Labor Day weekend, and we will start a new series that actually started in the spring. It started at Easter, because at Easter, uh, how many remember? Everybody was here, right? You know, everybody was here on Easter. And so what we did in our Easter services is we did a survey and we said, hey, uh, we're thinking about preaching about these different topics. Which one would be your favorite? Which one would you want to hear from about most? And so, uh, and we even had a fill in the blank. And so we took that and counted all the hundreds and hundreds of votes and uh, we came up with what was clear, number one, number two, number three, and number four responses from that. And so starting two weeks from today, we will launch a series, You Asked For It, okay? And we will answer those four things that you said, I'd like to know more about that. And so we're going to do that in just two weeks. So if you've invited somebody here for Easter and they haven't been since, tell them, you need to get back. (laughs) You need to get back because he's going to talk about what you got to vote on. And uh, we're going to talk about that for four weeks. And it's a great series to invite anybody to. And so we have a way to do that. It's real easy off your app uh, to do uh, invites and to share that with other people so that they can come and be a part of that. I'm excited for that series. But today, I'm excited for today because uh, this could be my favorite chapter in the book of Genesis or Galatians. It's not Genesis, so we're not going there. We're not going that far back. Uh, but Galatians that we've been in for the last four weeks, and I don't have time. The reason why I'm trying to talk real fast because I got so much to tell you today. So I don't have time to go back and review everything that we've talked about for the last few weeks. So what I need you to do is if you missed a Sunday, again, on your app, it's really easy to do to go back and watch or listen to those messages because they help you to understand this writing of Galatians. Because especially week one, we talked about the whole setup of why Galatians? Uh, What is this about? And so uh, go back, listen to that so you can know. But I will say this. What Paul is addressing is a situation where he left this church, thought it was in good hands, It kind of went off the rails, and so he wrote a letter back to help straighten things out, and he speaks to that. You'll see that in what we read today, and specifically what they were doing is saying, okay, yes, you accepted Jesus, and it's Jesus plus this, and people still do that kind of thing today. Uh, they, they say, oh, it's Jesus and you got to join our church. <laughs> or it's Jesus and you got to quit doing that. You got to stop that. Or you got to sign on to this or wh- whatever. And, and Paul says, no, it's not Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus alone. He is the Savior, the only Savior, the only way to heaven. We're going to see that very clearly again today. And he says, and I want you to live free. And freedom is the key uh, ingredient of this book uh, that we're reading, the book of Galatians. We call it the ancient writing letter that went back to the Galatian church, and they read it there. And so we're going to read it just like they read it There, we're going to read it today. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It is for freedom 
that Christ has set us free. Let me just stop and say, in the Greek, the original language uh, of that ancient writing, there's only four words here. And it's like freedom, Christ, set free. And so what, what he's saying is, you have been set free. Not you need to get set free. You've been set free. Let me explain it this way. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, when he died, he died for the sins of everybody who was living right then, everybody who had lived, and whoever would live. In other words, Jesus died for your sins 2,000 years ago. Okay? He's not coming back to die again for you. Okay? He's not coming back to Bethlehem. He's not coming back. He's not going to come here again and, and die again. He died once for all. And now you're saved in a, in a sense in that it's already been paid for, but you have to activate it in your life. Does that make sense? Because he's not coming back to do it again. So he's already done it, but maybe you've not activated it yet. And I pray that some of you will activate that today. That you'll activate salvation for you. Because you, Jesus already paid for your sin. So Paul says here, he also bought your freedom. You're free. But some of you aren't living free because you haven't activated it yet. So again, my prayer today for those of you in this room and those of you online is that today will be the day you activate freedom in Christ in your life. Does that sound good? Does that sound like something you might want? Okay, so, so he says you, you, you've got this yoke of slavery on you. Stand firm then that you don't... Let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And we talked about that, about slavery or a son. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, and again, we talked about that on week one, Christ will be of no value to you at all. In other words, once you go down that road, that it's Jesus and, then Jesus is of no value because it needs to be, no, Jesus did it. It's done. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished, right? So it's done. And, and he says, again, I declare that to every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. In other words, now if you're going to go down that path, You've got to do it perfect. Because if it's Jesus and how good you are, then you've got to get good, good, gooder, gooder, goodest. Okay? That's what you've got to do. And he says, I, I don't think you want to do that. You who are trying to be justified by the law, have been alienated from Christ. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be alienated from God. You have fallen away from grace. And we took a week, just last week, about spelling out grace to our lives, right? And how, how much, how grace is important to us. And, and again, just go back and watch all the four of the episodes before this. For through the Spirit, now here, here's where it gets good today, all right? Because he's, he's going to tell us how to do this. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. So, so in other words, we're going to be complete and the Spirit's working in there in the meantime. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. 
Now, this is a key word that he talks about in this chapter, the word love. He says, you were running a good race. I mean, when I left, you all were doing good. That's what he's saying. He said, I I left the church in good shape. Y'all were running the right direction. You were all in line and everything, Jesus alone and all, you know. And, And then I left and the wheels fell off. He, he says, you know, I, I, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And then he uses a saying back in the day, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And isn't it true that, like, here, here's what we say a lot of times, one bad apple. You ever heard that? One bad apple. And, and so he, he says, what, what happens is, oh, well, we'll just do Jesus and this. And he says, hmm, now you started something. Now you started something. Because that's going to be Jesus and, 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 and. And back in this day, they had over 600 rules that you had to, because it went, grew, just kept growing. And and he says, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. He just speaks over them. I I just believe that you're going to get back on track. That you're some of you are going to get back on track today. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. But how many know that it may come through a human, but there's an originator? Of lies and a father of lies. And and so he says, brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision like I did way back before I ever came to Christ, why am I still being persecuted? You know, why, why is everybody mad at me? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I just want to stop here and say, that the offense of the cross is something you need to know about. If you become a true Christ follower, the offense of the cross will be a reality in your life. Okay, in other words, everybody ain't gonna be happy about that, that you became a Christ follower. And I'll tell you who will be ticked off the most, the devil. The enemy. So, in other words, you you might say, well, I got saved, and then all the wheels fell off. People came out and said this and this, that, and the other. Or I got baptized. I thought, you know, it'd be like heaven on earth now. Everybody just, you know, Lord, just part the waters, you know. I just walk across. And instead, it's like the waters are pouring over my head. Come on, somebody. And and so this explains it. He says, no, the cross is offensive. So if you become a Christ follower, I just want to let you know, it should be no surprise that the devil now zeroes in on you. Okay? And and, and that things start happening in your life and all. That's that's what Jesus said. You're going to have this. If they were mad at me, they're going to be mad at you. As for those agitators, I wish they'd go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Paul says, hey, just go the whole way. You know, if you're going to say Jesus and, go for it. Because we can't do that. We have to just say, Jesus paid the full, complete price for sin for all time, for everyone, everywhere. Can I get a witness today, right? So then he goes on to say, and he says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. See, you're free, he says in verse one. And then in verse 13, he says, you're called to be free. But 
Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly. And here's our word again, in love. Because some people want to say, oh, he's a grace preacher. So, I, you know, the grace preacher, you know, you can just do whatever you want to. And then as long as you ask forgiveness... And as long as you come to church or whatever, then you're okay. And Paul says, no, that's not what we're talking about. He says, what, when you get free in Christ, you don't, you're not free so you can sin more. You're free so you don't get in bondage anymore. So you don't have that stuff. And you start walking in a supernatural love. And we'll come back to that. Because that, how many know that's hard to do sometimes? Don't just sit there and polish your halo, all right? I know better. It's hard to love certain people. Kim, yes, thank you. All right. So he says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. In other words, I can just boil out, let me, let me just help all of you. Jesus and this and what. Let, let me just boil down all 600 plus rules and regulations and commandments and whatever that you've got. Let me just boil it down to one. And he says, and guess who else said this? Jesus, right? Love, there's our word, Love your neighbor as yourself. And that one's easy when you like your neighbor, right? But when you got a neighbor you don't like, how many know that one's not so easy? If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So, here's what I say. Walk by the Spirit. Oh, I love what Paul's going to teach today. This is going to be so good. Turn to somebody, maybe the other person that you didn't choose the other time, and say, it's going to get good. It's going to get good. All right. Because Paul says, I, I walk by the Spirit, and when I walk by the Spirit, look at this, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit and the spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you just don't do whatever you want. That's one test of whether you're full of the spirit or not. Because you don't just do whatever you want. You do what he wants. See? If you're led by the Spirit, though, you're not under the law. In other words, you don't need the law. So you can be under law or you can be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so either, here's your rules... All you need to do to be in line with God or in line with this church or whatever. Or you just have one rule of be led by the Spirit. Because the Spirit will lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll help you. Matter of fact, Jesus said he's going to be a helper. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave, but it's going to get better. Because I'm sending somebody better. Because instead of just one physical Jesus on the planet, the Holy Spirit's going to infuse all of you and be with all of you. And he's going to be, and the word is helper, like a friend. He's going to be like a friend to you. How many, I was thinking about this this week. Don't you need some good friends in your life? Don't you need some that are just totally honest with you, like, how many need some broccoli friends? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People that, that they see the broccoli, you know, and, and you don't see it, 
and you're telling a story and you're smiling and whatever. And they go, uh, hold on, hold up, hold up. Right there, right there, right there. Get that, get that. We can't even hear what you're saying right now. You got to get that out of there. We, we don't even know. There's a story. I think you're telling a story, but we can't see anything. All we can see is broccoli right now, right? How many need some friends like that? Because you're not going to be liking that picture when they post it and you got broccoli going on or whatever. And here's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit, it's more than broccoli. What the Holy Spirit does is he'll say, hey, 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 that thought right now. You better take that back. You know that that lustful idea you just had? You get it out right now. That idea you thought about where you could cut this person, hey, don't do that. That idea that you had of how you could make a little more money if you mislead this person right now, no. How many have ever heard that voice? See, and, and Paul says that's how the Holy Spirit works. Because, and here's what's awesome about him. He loves you more than anybody else. He loves you enough to tell you the truth. And, and what he wants to do is set you free, free to be what God wants you to be, not what you want to be. Free to do what God wants you to do, not what you necessarily want to do. And so what happens is, and Paul talks here about this, he, he calls it contrary. He says the spirit's like contrary to the flesh, and the flesh is contrary to the spirit. And, and he says it's, it's like this flesh and spirit battle that's going on, and this flesh is like the worldview. We talked about this before, just the world's view. So the world would say, hey, everybody lies a little bit. You know, hey, everybody cheats a little bit. You know, it's not that big of a deal if you look at that or participate in that. Because, gee, doesn't everybody do that to some degree? And so that worldview comes in. And so Paul puts a list in front of us. Now, they had their big list. But Paul says, let, let me just make sure we're on the same page. And, and let me just list something for you. Because everybody loves lists. Right? Everybody's got a list. How many know most churches have a list? You can just, okay, what's your list? You know, what's your list? And, and so Paul says, just so we know what we're talking about, let me, let me share it with you. Uh, Acts, or excuse me, Galatians 5, 19. The acts of the flesh. Now notice that word, because when he's going to give another list in a little bit, he doesn't use the same word. But, but here he, he says the acts of the flesh are obvious. He says, I, I really, in other words, don't even need to give a list. Because I think we all know. I think we all know what we shouldn't be doing. I think we all know what's detrimental to our lives. I think we all know what can blow up our lives. You know, what can mess us up. But just in case there's somebody who doesn't get it, here it is. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. So he talks about physical, sexual kind of sin. And then idolatry and witchcraft and, and, and hatred and discord and jealousy and fits of rage. And, you know, anytime there's a list, there, there's a tendency to think, oh, thank God he didn't name mine. <laughs> but he's not done. <laughs> okay. Selfish ambition. Selfishness, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and etc. 
I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he covers all these different things. And then he says, and, and on and on. Well, you just give a big list here. But he says, the point is, is, is that you're probably in here somewhere. And one of the ones I think we think we're, well, I don't deal with that one, that idolatry thing. You know, don't have an idol in my house. Listen, here's the description of an idol. Anything that comes between you and God. So it could be sports. It could be leisure. It could be money. It could be things that are good things. But they just take God's place in your life. See, and, and here's the thing. Is if we were to ask you and we said, hey, who's first place in your life? You know, if you thought, especially being in church today, you know, you'd, you'd say, well, God. But if we watched you this week, right? And if we could read your mind like God can, and if we were to follow, if we could see where you spend your money, if we could see where you spend your time, if we could see everything about your life, would we come to the conclusion that God is in first place? Or would we come to another conclusion? So let, let me move on here because I know it's tense right now. So, um, but, but here's the thing is, is then he says the statement will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I did a lot of research on this uh, because I, I know a lot of people see different things in this and and here's what most Bible scholars believe is that he's, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about the kingdom. And Jesus said, when you pray, you need to pray, your kingdom come to this earth, even as it is in heaven. We know the kingdom's there. But Jesus said, you need to pray the kingdom here. You need to practice kingdom living now. Not wait till you die to practice. You need to get in practice now in living kingdom life. And so what many believe is he's saying what's happening because you're doing all these things and you're listening to the wrong voice in your life. Instead of experiencing the kingdom now, you're experiencing the flesh, the world now. That's what's happening. And so you're not experiencing God's best for your life. Because I want to make it very clear and plain that if you were to not do any of those things, you know, you don't smoke, you don't chew, you don't go with girls who do, you don't, you know, the sexual immorality, you don't, I don't do that, I don't do that, I don't do that. And you're just this holy person who walked in and everybody's just in awe of your greatness. But what's even greater about your greatness is you're not aware of your greatness. You know, you're just so great. So awesome. Let me tell you something. You're not going to go to heaven because of your greatness. You're going to go to heaven if you go because of his greatness alone. Alone. That's it. His greatness. So you, if you don't go to heaven, then you're, you go to hell so you can pay for your own sin. That's where you go to pay for your own sin. But heaven's where you go when you let him pay for your sin. And that's why he came and died on the cross 2,000 years ago and rose from the dead to prove it that I have done once and for all what was needed to forgive you of your sin. So you don't have to be, uh, you know, a 51% Christian, you know, where you had enough good to outweigh your bad. Can you imagine standing before God and God says, oh, you just missed it. Can you imagine that? Like, like, 
The angels were all pulling for you. We knew you were dying. We thought he'll do one more good thing. But he didn't. Go to hell. Isn't that crazy? But that's how some people think. I'm glad that when I stand before God one day, I won't have to worry about whether I was quite good enough or not or whether something I did when I was five or when I was 50 or when I was 40 or when I was whatever, it doesn't make any difference how long you live. If you live to be 100 years old, it makes no difference. They go to heaven the same way. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. And that's so freeing. It's so freeing to know that. In, in Romans chapter 7, Paul kind of helps us here. And, and Romans and Galatians are very close in the topics that they cover and, and how Paul writes. And, and so in Romans chapter 7, verse 19, here, here's what he says. Some of you are going to love this verse. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can anybody relate to the word of God today? You know, I want to do this, but I don't. And I don't want to do that, but I do. And if somebody who wrote over half of the New Testament says that he struggles with stuff, why can't we admit that we struggle with stuff? I just happen to think the church ought to be the most honest place on the earth. I think we ought to be able to... When we started Crossroads Church 23 years ago, here's what we said, come as you are. And I'd even joke around, I'd say, and come as you aren't. <laughs> just bring all your mess and Whatever. They kicked you out of that other church. Hey, come over here. That's all right. Because it's not about all of that. Paul says, hey, let's admit it. We don't have it together. That's why we need God's help. Can I get a witness today? We need his help. And so the image, the image I have with this is like tug of war. Anybody remember tug of war? Like where you divide the class up, and half the class would be on this side, half the class. Do they even play tug of war anymore? Can you do that? Or do you get sued? Because, you know, somebody got a rope burn, you know, and went home, Mom, I got a rope burn. Ah, oh, call the lawyer. You know, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we used to play tug of war. And I remember, anybody remember this? The kid in sixth grade who had biceps, what was that about? Sixth grade, my, I, I had sticks. That's all I had. I was a late bloomer. And, and so, but, but I wanted to be on the end. I wanted to be on the side with him, right? Because he, he's going to pull this thing. And here's, here's what Paul's describing. Maybe you saw cartoons. I don't know if they still do this in cartoons or not, but there'd be like this little devil figure over here. And then there'd be like this angel figure over here. And the person would be like, I don't know what I should do. And then this voice would say, mm, you gotta do this. And the other voice would say, oh, don't do that. You know? And, and, and so what happened was, as a result, was, was they'd listen to one or the other. And that's how it would go. And Paul says, that's what goes on right now. He says, I'll just tell you what's going on. It's tug of war. There's a side of you that says, hey, come over here. Do this. And there's another voice who says, I've got a better way. I've got a road of no regret. I've got a guilt-free way of living. It's free. And this other one says, but you want to do this. And Paul says, that's what happened. So let me break it down for you in the next few minutes. Just, just some flesh 
things in spirit things. The flesh in the spirit flesh battle. All right. The flesh brings bondage and the spirit produces freedom. But, but here's, here's what's really troubling about the devil is he's a liar and the father of lies. And so he disguises himself, the Bible even says, like an angel of light. So what happens is, is he'll say, hey, just take another drink. Just take another toke. Just call her back. Just call him back. Just go there. Just do this. Just whatever. And, and so what he does is, is he'll say those kinds of things. But what he doesn't show is what's going to happen on the other end. Right? Because I've, I've never talked to an alcoholic and said, what happened? And they said, oh, I just always wanted to be an alcoholic. <laughs> just always wanted a bottle to control my life to tell me where I'm going to go, when I'm going to go, and just have this object that rules and regulates my life. Oh, that's what I wanted. Oh, I've never met that person. I've never met somebody who was addicted to cocaine and said, hey, what happened? Oh, I just always wanted to be a druggie, you know? I just thought, if I could be addicted to cocaine, that would be a dream. No, that's not what they do. What they do is somebody, a voice, hello? A voice said, come this way. Hey, 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 doesn't it work that way in your finances too? You know, the devil says, ooh, check it out. Is it not shiny or what? Would that not look good? In your house. And it's 12 months same as cash. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> praise you, Jesus. You just, no, it wasn't Jesus, right? You're already in debt. And, and that's what the enemy voice does is it always leads to bondage. And that's the reason why we have Financial Peace University here. To help people to get out of bondage. We're going to do it again this fall. We have grief share to help people get over grief. We have divorce care to help people get healed from divorce. We have SOAR that helps people who have made the decision to do abortion in their life. But it ain't over yet. You don't have to live in that pain and that shame and that guilt any longer. You can be healed and go on from this day forward in your life. That's the reason why we got life groups out there in the lobby. So you can sit in a circle. Let me just tell you, circles are better than rows. When, when you get in a circle with somebody and somebody says, mm, I've done that before. I've been like that before. And let me tell you something. We're going to be praying for you. And this is what the Lord did for us. And I think if the Lord did it for us, he's going to do it for you. And, and you go home healed. You go home helped. You go home with blessing in your life. The next one is flesh brings doubt. And spirit produces faith. You know, when we were getting ready to plant this church... Here, here's what happened. I, I, I knew God was calling us to Avon, Indiana. And, and so we came down, we drove down. I, I told my mom and dad in their living room, went to Willoughby Court and, and on the west side here of Indy where they'd lived for years and years and years. And, and I sat down with them and said, hey, we're going to be moving to Avon and start a new church. And I thought, they might jump up, you know, or say, oh, awesome, or whatever. You know what my dad did? He went, hmm. Hmm. He said, um, are you sure about that? Because here's what he saw. He saw a couple who had started a church from nothing up in Chicagoland, and, uh, I mean, eight people, 
and struggled for years, church of 40, 45, 50, and whatever, and saw us struggling and working different jobs to make it work and whatever, and all part-time jobs here and there and full-time jobs and, and different things. And he saw all that, and then he saw where we are today. And that the church was doing great. And then finally, after eight years of not having property, we finally got property and built a building and the church was growing and blowing and good stuff was happening. And now we're going to start over. But see, what happened is, is I had faith that rose up in me because I envisioned today where there might be over 20 people. Come on, somebody help me preach this. In August of 2023, 23 years later, that would dedicate their hearts and lives to Jesus. There would be people on a live stream who would give their hearts and lives to Jesus that I would see generations of people, of hundreds and hundreds of people minister to, reach, disciple, growing in their faith and becoming all God wants them to be. That's what God saw. And that's what I saw. But see, the flesh doesn't see it. And and so what happens is we got to get over to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? I think I can be a life group leader. I I think I can step out and do something for God. I got to move on. Flesh brings religion. We've talked about this. But the Spirit produces relationship. And let me just say it this way. Who I know is what's important, not how I act. See, and, and religion says, no, 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 it's about how you act. Fake it till you make it. You know, just come in, act like you're good and whatever, and it's all good and whatever, and we just sing a few songs and go home. Feel good about ourselves. And, and the Spirit says, nah, it's about relationship with God first. And then relationship with others. Here's the next thing. is flesh brings legalism, which Jesus spent his whole life on the earth fighting. The spirit produces grace. And we've talked about this enough the other week. Again, go back and listen to that message on grace. But I just want to say it this way today in case somebody's here who's not heard this before. It doesn't make any difference what you've done for all of your life or just in the last two days of your life. It doesn't make any difference what you've done. God's grace is more than enough to forgive you of all of your sins. Listen to this. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's why he's so good, so good. So Paul says, here's what you really need. He's going to boil it down right here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Let me read it here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. And notice he said it's fruit, not acts. Because when he was talking about the other list that the flesh produces, he he says, now we know the acts of the flesh. But now he changes the language. And there's a reason for that. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. And see, what happens is the fruits are determined by the roots. And when your roots are in God, when your roots are in the Spirit of God, then all of a sudden, fruit begins to grow out of your life. And it's not because of you, it's because of Him. And he says, here's what fruits will come. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's why I love baptism. It's such a symbol of the death, 
burial and resurrection of Jesus. I'm going down in this water and I'm coming out of it just like Jesus went down into that grave and came out of it. I'm coming out of this water victorious over sin, over death, over hell, over its power in my life. I'm coming out. And Paul says, if you'll live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. None of that stuff will happen because we won't have to make a list. You know, churches that make a list are, are people who have a list. How many know people who have a list? You know, it's like, hey, stop that. You're not going to heaven doing that, whatever. And they're, they're just quick to you know, have a list of what's going to keep you out of heaven and what, all of that. And Paul says, you know what? I think if they turn the Holy Spirit loose in their life, they wouldn't do any of that. That's the reason why at this church we don't have a list. We, we don't put, look around. We don't have a list. Now, this week, don't you be doing that. Don't you be doing this and don't you be doing that. And don't you be. Here's what we think. We think if you'll let the Holy Spirit work in your life, he'll do a much better job of cleaning up your life, of redeeming your life, filling your life with love, joy, peace. He'll change the focus of your life. Your whole life will be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know that? Right? So I don't know which fruit you need the most, but, but here's how Paul talks about walking in the Spirit. And I just want to give you three words, and then we're going to pray. The first word is see. You need to be able to see clearly. And we all walk through dark situations. And here's what the Holy Spirit can do. It's like a light that shines on things. And maybe you've been dealing with something. And then you start reading the Bible. Maybe you're reading the Bible through this year. You pick some other version, perhaps. Uh, Bible reading thing for the next 30 days. I'm going to do this, you know list of scriptures on freedom or, or whatever it is, and you pick up your Bible and you read it that day, and instead of you reading the Bible, the Bible reads you. You ever had that happen? You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. And you're like, what are the chances of me reading that verse today? Just what I needed to hear. Or he'll speak through other people. He'll, he'll use different things. But he'll speak because he's speaking against the lies of the enemy. I remember when my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And, and, and so I was in Bible college. And the devil whispered in her, her ear. Here's, here's what he said. He said, you're not going to see your son graduate from college. You're anxious and excited for him to become a preacher, and you're not even going to get to see it. And, and here's what I want you to know today. Not only did my mama get to see me graduate from college, she got to see me in the different five different places I lived and did ministry, even to this place on this campus she got to live to see all of that. And you know why? Because the devil is a liar. He's a liar. And he will lie to you and tell you things. And what he does is he says, oh, you know, one little drink. Oh, one more drink. Oh, just go there once. Oh, just go here. Oh, just do that. It's no big deal. And I was telling somebody after first service, and then after you do it, he beats you up for it. Well, what an idiot you were to do what I told you to do. You're not much of a Christian. But I love Romans 8, 28. Even if I mess up, 
We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Can somebody say a big amen right there? All right, so we got to see, and this thing, the next thing is listen. All right, listen. Jesus said, let him who has an ear hear what the voice of the Spirit would say. What, what is the Spirit saying? And here's why most of us don't hear. I'll just, I'll just say it this way. I wouldn't say most. I'll just say many. This is why many people don't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. They're too busy talking. Or they have other voices talking in their head or in their earbuds or whatever. And, and when... And, and there's a verse in the Bible that talks about the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. You, you can hear a whisper if it's quiet. Right? You can hear a whisper. So the Holy Spirit's not going to take over the brakes of your car, bring it to a halt, say, this is the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you what to do today. It's not going to happen. What you're going to have to do is get quiet. And one of the reasons why I think he likes to whisper is because you have to get close to hear a whisper. And he wants us to be close. And the last thing is follow. You have to follow. Once you see what the Spirit's showing you, once you hear from him, then you got to follow it. Because sometimes we don't follow it. Have you ever felt like the Holy Spirit said, go over and talk to that person about Jesus? And you said, that can't be the Holy Spirit. Or the devil said, you're so busy, you don't have time for that today. And I just wonder how many times we've missed the leading to go and influence something. Paul says, let the Holy Spirit influence you. Church, if you would just tune in today, if you would just allow the Holy Spirit to whisper into your life, it would change your life forever. It would. It would change your relationships. It would change everything. I'm never alone because the Holy Spirit is always with me. So listen, here's what we got to do. We got to get quiet. And in a culture like we live in, that's a challenge. So I want us to do it right now. Holy Spirit, would you just speak to us today? Some of us need direction. Some of us are getting ready to really mess up. Some of us are getting ready to make a bad choice. A poor decision. So speak to us. Maybe you're here today and you'd be honest enough to say, Craig, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. But there's times when I, I'm like Paul, I mess up. I want to do something and I don't do it. Or I don't want to do something and I do do it. But I want to live by the Spirit. I want to live so close to the Holy Spirit that those things become less and less. 
and I become more and more like Jesus in my life. I need more love, more joy, more peace in my life. So I need God's help. I need more power today. If you'd be honest enough as a believer to say, I need more power today. Would you just raise your hand all over this room? I need more power. I need to pray with more power, live with more power, be bold with more power. Father, fill us today to overflowing with the mighty power of your Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord. And our world needs spirit-filled Christians. Our world needs people who are not just rule followers, but we are true, spirit-filled, empowered people living as disciples of Jesus. And for that to happen, God, we need your help. We need your power. But in our weakness, you will be strong. We thank you. While we're still praying, there's others of you that maybe you're, like I said earlier, you kind of thought maybe it's all about your, if you're good outweighs your bad and you're good enough, you go to heaven. But you realize today that that's, that's really not a good system. And it's not what Jesus promised. He promised a guarantee, not something subjective. That's something that, well, I hope I'm good enough. I hope I've done enough. I hope. But instead, my hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in him today. And I want to put my trust in God. I want to put my trust in Jesus today. I I want a relationship with God. I I don't want it to be about rules. I want it to be a love relationship with him. And for me to have that kind of relationship, I need his help today. I need God in my life. And if you'd be honest enough to say, that is me. I need him. I need him. Oh, I need him. I want him in my life today. I want to be saved. I want to have my name written down in heaven's book. I want a relationship with the living God. Would you just raise your hand right now all over this room? If that's you, just raise it up. Say, yeah, that's me today. I I need a relationship with the living, living God. And if you're online, all you need to do is type the word decided in the chat. We're going to be praying for you as well that God's going to be working in your life also. So come on, let's pray together. I'm going to lead in a prayer. All of us praying so those around us will pray as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I believe through his death that he paid for all of my sin. That all I need to do today is receive Jesus in my life through the power of his Holy Spirit to be changed. From this point forward, as much as I know how, I surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who prayed that prayer, who made that declaration today. It's awesome. Listen, if you want to get baptized, just like the people who did today, uh, they're going to put words up on the screen that you can text right from where you are or the greatest thing about being or one of the great things about being in person is you can just go over here to a room uh, where somebody can talk to you about those next steps and to help you with that here's what I want us to do today because I was just praying about how I wanted this service to end and how I want it to end is in a way that I grew up experiencing. And that is surrendering. One one of the big songs we used to sing when I was a kid was I Surrender All. I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. And and I would pray at the altar, Lord, I, I surrender all to you. And I know sometimes, you know, there's this thing of getting saved every week. You know, Anybody grow up like that? 
where he got saved everywhere. And, and I, I think that that's a little bit too fragile of a faith where you got to get saved every week. I think one time with Jesus is enough. But I understand the desire. The desire to be surrendered to him. To want more of him. And to recognize I need more of him. And I just wonder if there's some people in this church today. There's some people in this house that you need some more love in your life. Or there's some others that you need some more joy in your life. Or there's some others that you need some more peace in your life. Or you need some more long-suffering and temperance and Meekness, or how about some self-control? You need some more of that. And I'll just tell you where I know it's the only place you can get it is from Him. You, you gotta have Him. You gotta have His power in your life. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to sing this song again. And maybe sing it like we didn't sing it earlier. Just sing it with everything we've got. And reach up as high as we can with our hands. And here's one more step to take a step and come to this altar, this altar area, and surrender all again to Him. Surrender all. And you may say, well, why do I have to go down there? You don't have to. You get to. You get to. You get to make a move toward God. And the Bible says if you'll draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. And I want to be close so I can hear the whisper. How about you? Oh, I want to hear the whisper of God in my life. I don't want to miss the whisper. I've already missed too many whispers. I don't want to miss anymore. And today, who knows what God might do if you would just get closer to Him. Let's find out. Come on, let's stand together. I want some.